This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good afternoon. I'm Ben Nully. Former Vice President Joe Biden unveiled an aggressive clean energy plan today to achieve net zero emissions economy wide by no later than 2050. In Wilmington, Delaware, Biden says if he's elected president, his plan will help create millions of new clean energy jobs. Jobs to build and install a network of 500,000 charging stations along our existing and new highways that we've built across this country, which not only will help America and the American automobile industry lead the world in manufacturing with electric vehicles, it will also save Americans billions of dollars over time in the cost of gasoline for their vehicles. Growth Energy CEO Emily Score appreciated Biden's campaign, also recognizing renewable fuels are vital to the future of rural America and climate. In a statement to AgriPulse, she said, quote, biofuels can help us reduce emissions today and will play an important role in decarbonizing the transportation, industrial and agricultural sectors going forward, end quote. An ag economist expects net farm income to fall in 2020 despite direct assistance to producers from USDA. Pointing to projections from the University of Missouri's Food and Ag Policy Research Institute, American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist John Newton says the ag industry will continue to face economic headwinds. APRI assumes about $17 billion in government payments, uh, but, but again, falling farm profitability. So I think the ag industry continues to face challenges. You know, when you think about two years of of retaliatory tariffs, uh, adverse weather conditions, and now the coronavirus, I think looking ahead, it it leaves us into this curious question on where we go from here. He says the role of federal ad hoc support like the Market Facilitation Program and CFAP are growing. The CFAP dollars of $16 this year. And that's on top of target deficiency payments and conservation program payments. So many people are wondering, going into 2021 and in future years, uh, how do we get back to a more market-based economy in the ag sector where we're not dependent on, on government payments? Newton also notes if Biden becomes president, there could be a renewed emphasis on using conservation programs as a mechanism to enhance farmer profitability. Some 69% of the nation's corn crop is in good to excellent condition. According to the latest crop progress report released Monday, this number is 2% lower than last week. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says the next few weeks are a critical time for crop development. We will be watching uh, the western areas which were planted earlier. The stage of development is a little bit faster there. And so, you know, things are happening a little bit quicker in states like Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota, and Minnesota, as compared to the eastern Corn Belt, where crop development is a little bit further behind. However, Rippey says a strong cold front moving across the Midwest this week should relieve some dry spots. It is dropping some appreciable rain across the upper Midwest early this week, and as the week progresses, we do expect showers and thunderstorms to finally become more numerous across the eastern Corn Belt. And that could help to ease some of the stress that we've seen developing across corn and soybean production areas in the eastern Corn Belt. Rippey also says the heat will be a slight concern next week as high temperatures hover around 95 degrees. About 68 percent of the nation's soybean crop is in good to excellent condition, down from last week's number of 71 percent, but still higher than the previous year of 54 percent. Here's a word from our sponsor. 
Through unprecedented challenges brought on by the pandemic, American Farm Bureau has been the voice of agriculture guiding leaders to the right policies to support farmers and assuring Americans that farmers won't let them down. Learn more at fb.org. U.S. beef variety meat exports to sub-Saharan Africa have so far doubled in volume and value this year. Volumes are up 123% at 12,783 metric tons, and value is up 115% at $9.6 million. Shipments are mostly beef livers, but also include items such as kidneys and hearts. South Africa is a leading export destination for beef variety meats, but exports are also trending sharply higher in Angola, Gabon, and Ivory Coast. That's all for today's Drive Time. For the latest agriculture, trade, environmental, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. I'm Ben Mellie.